Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. This is episode 161. I'm Adam Walker. And I'm Sanjay Parikh. Listen, we have a great show for you today, as we do every week. We're going to talk about Google. We're going to talk about some privacy issues related to their election. We're going to talk about things Uber's rolling out, Virgin Hyperloop, Loop, Virgin Hyperloop, if I could speak correctly. Zoom stock taking a dive. Netflix is actually going to have an actual channel with like stuff that you can't just see on demand, which seems just crazy. Anyway, let's just dive into it because there's just too much to, to go through. So Google made an app for creditors to lock you out of your finance phone if you don't make payments. Sanjay, what are your thoughts? So it, yeah, it's interesting. This is really for the, the African continent. Um, and apparently one of the things that they do there is uh, let people have phones and finance them. Not right. too dissimilar to the locked-in carrier phones that you get here in the U.S., but right. um, to me, I don't know. I feel like this is a little bit backwards. You know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. In the U.K., they were getting rid of carrier-locked phones. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And hopefully, you know, I think we talked about that. Hopefully, we'll get the same thing eventually here in the U.S. Um, but, I mean, I... It, it feels, I'm torn a little bit because it's like I, I want people to have technology, but to have it and then have it be frozen remotely. Yeah. Because well, inevitably was, what's going to end up happening, somebody's going to get their phone frozen, which shouldn't have been frozen because they were up to, you know, like all those issues that happen. Well, the other thing that was interesting to me is it was like they can remove specific features so they could actually like say, for example, take away. I think they could like take away like browsing or something and data, but like leave phone and text like so that 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 was at least interesting to me. Um, yeah, so they're not just like yeah. cutting it off. Whereas really, if you don't have this software, your only recourse is just cut the phone off, take it off the network. You're done. At least this right. way, they still got a phone. So I, I, I can, I can frustratingly, so you I can, can call in and complain about the fact that you don't have service yeah. and then be able to pay for restoring all that. I mean, I can see that. I think that kind of makes sense. So, and speaking of calling in and complaining, I think this next one's going to get a lot of complaints. Yeah. Google Photos will end its free unlimited storage on June 1st, 2021. You heard it here first, folks. We are breaking... No, well, you didn't hear it here first. This is just... We're just reporting <laughs> on somebody else's news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, right? Like this... Like yeah. surely everyone saw this coming. They're not going to... Uh, they're not going to give you unlimited photo storage forever. We're going to generate... I mean, just... Just so much data, so much storage over the lifetime of taking photos... There's no way they were going to do this forever, right? So, yeah, it, it opens up some interesting discussions around this. There's been a bunch of other articles, too, that I've seen about how this was a very anti-competitive approach, right? Because they basically subsidized their entry into the photo storage market with revenue from other services mm. that they were making money on. Right. And because of this, they killed off all of these competitors that were in that space that could not afford to give away free space for free forever, right? Right. Which Google also did not do, right? They just did it long enough to kill off all of these competitors. And now they're saying like, oh, now you got to pay us, right? Right. When there is no other viable competitor. And oh, also, by the way, you have gigs and gigs of your photos here. So if you now you want to move them, you got to download it and upload it. And oh, by the way, you also probably don't have gigabit internet. So it's going to take you like you know, 80 days to do this move or whatever it is, right? So it, it's it's a bunch of like not good stuff yeah. here yeah. in the end of it. Yeah. And, and I think it's only going to open them up to um, some scrutiny by folks yeah. of like, 
wait a minute, like this is not okay. Right. Um, and, and what exactly happened here? So, yeah. you know, there's, there's been discussions and I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit about, you know, challenges to some of this big tech and kind of what they're doing. And yeah. I, I think this highlights some of the things that it really does are, are being done that are not right yeah, it really and does. not good for consumers. They really so. did kill off a lot of competitors. And, and to your point, it's like, Hey, look, let's just kill off all the competitors. And now, Oh, there's an open market and we own it. We can charge for it and you can't do anything about it. You know, and we're like, a monopoly. We, be, yeah. we basically became a monopoly by anti-competitive pressures and killing off everybody else. So, yeah. So uh, speaking about things that are coming up in uh, voting, the Michigan voters approved a proposal to protecting electronic data. Uh, we've talked about these kinds of things before and and how I think last time we talked about the Massachusetts law around um, the right to repair and all that stuff. Right. This um, uh, proposal is about how law enforcement has to get a subpoena in order to access your digital data. So basically giving digital data, the same protections and rights as coming into your house and searching it. Right. Uh, so just because it's digital doesn't mean the police can just rummage through whenever they feel like in the search of, and the hopes of finding something that might be incriminating. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a score for privacy and, and that's important, especially with where everything is headed with technology. It's important that we keep this top of mind. I think it's admirable that Michigan voters uh, took care of this. So, and I think even beyond uh, a win for privacy, I think this is a win for democracy and citizens um, and making sure that those lines are clear. Like, I look, I have nothing against the police and them doing their job and everything, but I think we've got to have the right lines and, and making sure that those lines are not infringed upon yeah. so that citizens maintain like their rights um, as granted by what we've all agreed to, right? Yeah. Constitution and all the laws and everything else. So. Yeah. Um, good for Michigan. Hopefully this spreads. Um, I'm sure there'll probably be some kind of, um, uh, challenge to this at some point, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, talking about something that's maybe not going to be a challenge. Uber is rolling out a new feature that lets you book a ride 30 days in advance. Yeah. Do you know where you're going 30 days in advance? Man, I don't know where I'm going in 30 minutes or 30 hours for sure. Not in 30 <laughs> days. So I mean, this is, I, I do like, if, you know, if you're going to have, like, let's say you're actually, I don't know, going to travel, imagine that it's not 2020 and you got to, you, you, you got to travel to places. Yeah. I mean, and you got to go to the airport, you know, you can book a ride you can, ahead of time. I, I think this is clever. Um, I think you've been able to do this in some capacities for a little while. They just kind of tweaked it a little bit, made it a little bit longer lead time. I think you pay a yeah. premium for this too. Because yeah, you do. you're 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 basically guaranteeing that someone shows up at a specific time, as opposed to potentially waiting five to fifteen minutes for a, you know a random ride to show up. So you're going to pay yeah. a premium for that. But uh, this is, I think, it's a good service. Yeah, I I thought the same thing too. And reading through the article, it, it does seem like there was something like this, but I think it was less lead time, maybe seven mm -hmm. days or something like mm -hmm. that. The other interesting thing is is that they are also building in a fifteen minute. Um, window yep. where once the, the driver shows up, you've got 15 minutes to get to the car. Like you don't need to be in a rush. Yeah. Like the yellow cab pulls out and they start honking their horn and, and more irritating, honking their horn more and more and longer and longer. If right. you don't come outside. Yeah. Um, Has that so actually happened to it's you a good idea. where you've, you've done that? No, I've seen it on t TV and movies. I've oh, okay. I don't think I've, you know, things on TV and movies cab. are totally accurate. So, right. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought that was based in reality. I've okay. Never, I don't know. I mean, like if I need a ride to the airport, 
you ask somebody. Yeah, like, you. I think I think you just call somebody. You'd be like, "Hey, Adam, I need a ride to the airport." And I'd be like, yeah, "Well, I right. didn't know what I was doing in thirty minutes." I do. So <laughs> let's go to the airport. <laughs> well, that that's actually why we have this story in the lineup because I wanted to know how far out you plan, yeah. so then I can know like, okay. Adam usually has 30, the next 30 minutes of his life planned. And after that, it's all like, I open. feel like 30 minutes so might even be, I'm going to little... call you like an hour in advance yeah. of when I need a, a 30 minutes somewhere. might even be generous. It's, it may, I mean, it's like, I don't even know what's what I'm doing right after this recording. So like, well, <laughs> we'll just see what happens, you know, I'll go where the wind takes me. So, uh, so, so life happens to you. You don't have, yeah, life. yeah, that's it. Is, yeah. Is, that's, is that what yeah, we're so, figuring out here? Like okay. All right. So speaking of, uh, of going, uh, Virgin Hyperloop, hits an important milestone, the first human passenger test. So for, for anyone that, that's not aware of the Hyperloop concept, just I'll, I'll give a brief overview and then Sanjay can hopefully correct anything I say wrong. So the idea <laughs> is that you are in this little pod, this little capsule looking thing, and you are uh, in a, a vacuum sealed uh, tube. So there's no air in the tube. So there's no friction from the air in the tube. So you can go super fast. And you are on a track that is mag- you are magnetically levitated off the track. And the theory behind this is that you can read a this, this type of pod can reach a theoretical maximum speed of 760 miles per hour. Uh, now, did I get most of that right, Sanjay? I, yeah, I think so. I basically what I would equate it to is the pneumatic tube at the bank drive, but with no air right? in the tube, right? Like the pneumatic tube has air in it, given with, right. This has no air, but yes, it has same idea. Yeah, the pneumatic tube, they, they sucking uh, with air. a vacuum yeah. to suck yeah. it through, there, but there is still right, air right. in there for yeah. sure. And and I'm sure even in the Hyperloop thing, there is going to be some air. There is just minimal, right? Yeah. So they're reducing uh, the friction yeah. of air to be able to get to that speed. Um, the one big question I have about this is they said they did the test, but they didn't say anything about did they actually live at the end of the test or were they pancakes <laughs> at the end of the test? That's so, what so, I think we need so to I've know. I've got a couple of thoughts about this. A couple of things, a couple of comments, a couple of thoughts. Number one is the theoretical maximum of the of the Virgin Hyperloop track is supposed to it's supposed to get to six hundred and seventy miles per hour is the goal. So the idea is that you can get from one city to another just insanely fast. The the company's yep. current maximum speed is two hundred and forty miles an hour, and that was in twenty seventeen. This particular ride with people in it, they only hit about 100 miles an hour. So that's, that's all really interesting. Here's what's fascinating to me. So you're in, a, you're in a pod in a vacuum sealed tube. And the goal is going to be to go up to 670 miles per hour. Like literally, that's not unlike a spaceship going through space. Like if you're in a vacuum sealed tube and your, your pod is the only thing with air in it, if you get a leak in that tube, you're gone, right? Isn't that how that works? Like you're dead. It's, a, it's like you're in space, sort of. I mean, that, that it sounds kind of terrifying, right? Yeah, I would think that there's probably um, some measurement inside of the pod okay. of if there like is a loss containers of pressure or something. Like <laughs> they probably have oxygen. I, so. I mean, you have those in planes, right? But I'm sure if if the pod senses a loss of seal. Yeah that it would probably alert. Oh, they'd like open up the all the vents tube. in the tube or something. Yeah. And, and like instantly mm. you repressurize the tube okay. and you stop. The so you just have some and, unconscious you know, passengers like, and that, that's really, that's the worst of it. Okay. I, I can handle well, being unconscious. That's cool. I mean, you might get a little sign me up for being dizzy. Like that. So, uh, I, I did look up by the way, the, um, so the bullet train in, in Japan, which I've ridden on the Shinkansen, 
I didn't know how fast that was. It's about 150 to 200 miles yeah. an hour. So, you know, and that's the fast one. There, there's some other lines that they have that are a little bit slower yep. than that. So this is already almost approaching like three bullet time. train well, speed. Yeah, uh, yeah, right now. Right? And they want to go three times. Right now, but then eventually, yeah, yeah three times. And um, the Shinkansen is a, is a great way to yeah. travel. It's uh, comfortable. It's fast. Um, it's better than um, getting on a oh, plane yeah. a lot of times. I think at, at 600 miles an hour. So. I think there's no question that this would be a better way to travel than. So airplanes. quick story. I'll just tell you about, about two different trips I took in China on two different trains. So one was a, a bullet train from Beijing to Taiwan. And that was like a, you know, two and a half hour ride, three hours. I think it was two and a half hours. I mean, it was fast. We were just flying countryside's flying by beautiful countryside. Really good. The other trip, same trip, Beijing to Taiwan, but it was a sleeper train. Real slow sleeper train. So that was uh, eight to 10 hours in very cramped quarters sleeping on the train. Those are very, very different experiences, my friend. Let me just tell you right now. So <laughs> I, I, liked, I liked the bull train, but the sleeper train, we, we, you know, it was two birds and one stone. We got transportation and a place to sleep all for one price. So it was kind of great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're doing it overnight, it makes sense, yeah. right? Until so it it was great. Uh, you're sleeping yeah. anyways. So good. You might as well accomplish something while you're sleeping. Yeah. So. Uh, talking about something that you might want to accomplish, uh, a stretchable self-healing recyclable device could be the future of wearables. Did you look at the pictures? Of yeah, this it looks kind of weird and creepy. Um, I mean, it, really yeah. what it looks like to me is like, it's a prototype. It's though, a prototype. Right? So it's, it's it early. looks like a, like a big bandage that has some circuits on it is what it looks like to me. Like you take it, it's got some things. If you slap it on your skin, it's got circuits on it. It'll measure your temperature and heart rate and all that stuff. And then it's, I guess more recyclable. I mean, it, actually that's, that's what was particularly interesting to me about this is that one of the aims is that a new type of wearable would reduce electronic waste. Cause right now, you know, Apple watches and Samsung watches and Fitbits. I mean, that's a lot of electronic waste over the years. If you just have a circuit board attached to, you know, a, a simple, whatever, um, that's a lot less waste. So I, you know, when I saw this, um, I teased this on Twitter uh, that I was going to make a, a comparison to the movie Gold uh, Goldfinger. Oh, yeah. Uh, James Bond 007 Goldfinger. Now, you have watched the movie? I, no, listen, watched I have movie. seen parts of the movie. I'm not going to say that I've seen the whole thing. I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I can't say that. I'm sorry. Okay, I so, apologize in um, advance to all of our listeners. That so are the reason why the reason why is this um, uh, film that they've got here uh, this uh, wearable thing is yellow. And and to me, immediately, it, it flashed to me the image of the woman in Goldfinger that was killed because they painted her completely in gold. Um, and, and there was a whole line about, oh, like, uh, you've got to leave some area of the skin to breathe. And, and the, the people that do this, they leave this area on their back so their skin can still breathe. I don't know if any of this is true. Um, but it made me think like, you know, what's going to end up happening with these wearables. People are going to drape themselves in these yeah. things and then they're going to end up dying like that lady in gold. Well, let's hope not. So, you know, let, let's, yeah, yeah. let's hope. But I, I, what I did like about it is I like the concept of there being a wearable that I can just sort of stick on, leave in place for a long period of time, not really worry about it. It, it doesn't have to take up space on my wrist or wherever else, you know, I, that, that is kind of nice. Right. So. As, as long as there's room for your skin to breathe and it doesn't. Yeah. I don't want to die from it. That, yeah, that I'm going to, I'm going to vote against that. So 
that that should probably be high on their list of developing this thing is that make sure people don't That's die. That's pretty high on this. most people's lists, I think. Uh, you know, generally speaking, except for like uh like you know, weapons makers, you know, they, they think differently, but everybody else is like, you know, yeah, that, that, that's I'm a just little saying. weird for yeah. them. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's take an ad break. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. Next article. Many websites will stop working on older Android versions in 2021. So Sanjay, as I understand it, this is related to let's encrypt and how the encryption handoff happens. Um, I, without necessarily like giving me the super long version, like what's the, what's the Cliff's notes version of what's going on here? Yeah. So if you don't know, let's encrypt, it's a service that allows you to get a free SSL certificate website, right. to use. And every website, website has right? to have an SSL certificate now, basically. Well, they don't have well, to have it, but they're better ranked. Google freaks um, out and browsers algorithms. freak out if you don't have it. So let's just, you know, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yes, absolutely true. So um, Let's Encrypt, when they started out, they had a relationship to get their uh, certificates into a certain, like, you know, authority. And they are letting that mm-hmm. lapse um, next year. And so because of that, all of those certificates are then no longer going to be um, allowed. And these older phones don't uh, approve the newer Let's Encrypt certificate. Right. So all of their new certificates are going to be flagged by the older phones. So, yeah, it's a problem, but uh, the way around it to fix it is if you have Firefox on your Android phone, it'll be totally fine. So if you happen to have a very old version of Android and next year it starts freaking out... Get Firefox. um, You know what to do. Problem solved. All good. But this just tells you, like, you know, there is somewhat of this like built-in obsolescence yeah. in devices that, you know, we keep talking about. Like, there's no reason why these phones should be doing right. this. And it's a relatively easy patch that these makers of these phones should still continue yeah. to support because it's not like they're yeah. junk. No, it's still Just because they're not like the 2020 or 2021 version means that, I mean, they still should be supported. Yeah. So I think it's, we we as a, a people need to figure out like how to deal with this kind of stuff, right? Like not just relegate stuff to the trash pile yeah, totally great. just because it's a few years All right, old. Speaking of who's not going to the trash pile right now, Biden's victory was just what tech wanted. Now what? So, you know, th- this is an interesting article. It's about how the relationship between government and tech, you know, really shifted dramatically from the Obama presidency to the Trump presidency and really, and really asking the question sort of now what's going to happen next. Uh, Sanjay, what are your highlights from this? What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of things that I'm excited about are um, net neutrality yeah, coming back. Yeah, I saw that um, and I thought of you, have, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a, just an awful guy that's running the FCC right now. And so uh, I'm looking forward to him being out, not having to see his grinning face anymore, um, and being able to bring back Are net you neutrality. telling me that you can actually pick that dude out of a lineup? Like, you, could, like, you I, actually know what he looks like. Because to me... Like, I don't, I don't know what Hartley, I barely know what Biden looks like. Like, I don't know what anybody looks like. <laughs> like, you're telling me you know what this dude looks like right now. Dude, I, I know. I, and, and it's not just because he's an Indian dude, but yes, Ajit Pai, I know what you he know looks like. You know his name too? There, do you have his like, actually, phone number? Do we need to like, do we need to like promote that well, too? So there's a whole meme actually about him too. Cause he, at one point was, there's a photo of him drinking out of a monster sized Reese's peanut butter cup coffee mug. 
And the reason why I know about this is there's a story about this where this uh, guy that files Freedom of Information mm -hmm. Act um, request filed for all the emails and information about that mug. And it, the response back from the FCC was he had to pay $240 for the research time to find all the emails related to this Reese's peanut butter monster coffee mug. Um, which is just, it's obnoxious to, I think, to <laughs> ask him to pay that. But, um, so that's one thing I I'm excited about. Um, you know, we'll see what happens around section two thirty. That's another kind of area. Um, you know, there's been calls for repealing it. I think that's going to be a mistake. Uh, if you don't know section two thirty, that's the uh, section of the code that protects companies from liability if users post mm -hmm. things on their service yeah. that they don't I mean, know it's the about. the big right? thing that, that Facebook's been flouting in all of these congressional hearings and everything. I mean, in, in Twitter and all, I mean, that's basically, they're basically saying, look, we're a platform. Other people are content yeah. creators. We can't be held responsible for their content. That's the section that they stand on for that, right? Yeah. And, and it's it's YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's like it's every pretty site critical, that has... I would say. Like, it's pretty important, I think. Right. Like, if you get rid of that, you're basically saying... We don't want YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, Yelp to like exist. name a site that has yeah. to exist. We want them all to be gone. gone. It is better for humanity for those. And there, there is definitely an argument that some of these might be better to not have. <laughs> you don't like the dancing on TikTok? Is that what you're trying humanity. to say? I see the deal. Um, so interesting that you mentioned TikTok. So, you know, TikTok was supposed to go they, away. Yeah. Um, and there by yesterday, actually, when we're right. recording this and the Commerce Department has stayed that order, um, probably in light of the fact that things are going to be changing come well, January. And then I think there, the, the story that I heard this morning was that TikTok like reached out to the government like, hey, um, what's the deal? And the government's just ghosting TikTok, just flat out, just ghosting them. For three weeks, yeah. they ghosted yeah. them, right? Like There you go. Um, and and the, uh, the thing that the Commerce Department said is it's about uh, a ruling from a judge, and that's why. But I think there's probably a, a bit of the fact that, like, uh, I think yeah. everything's changing next year. Well, um, so let's not listen, go crazy. Speaking of everything changing, Zoom and other, quote, stay-at-home stocks got crushed on the positive vaccine news. Now, here's the thing, right? Here's my here's my my quick take. This is super temporary. Like, listen, like stay at home is not going anywhere anytime soon. As much as I would like for it to, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. We're we're still going to be stuck very much at home. Those of us that are more cautious about this are going to be stuck at home much longer. And honestly, even when we're not, even when COVID's over and everything else. Zoom is still going to be huge and people are still going to be working from home more than ever before. So honestly, I think the concept of home, working from home, networking from home, all of that is going to, I mean, it, it's forever. It's here forever. So I, I think this yeah. is a short-sighted blip and, and maybe it's a good opportunity to pick up some stocks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and we are not uh, making any stock. No, no, no. Uh, by the way, you should uh, do your own research, but but I, I agree with you. I think um, what the pandemic has done has sped up the transition to oh, people yeah. working from home. Um, I, I think companies left and right. I mean, I'm, I know that there's going to be some companies of like, no, we must right. have all of our people in one place and whatever. But I think a lot of them have realized like, wait a minute, our employees right. are happier. They're spending yep. less time in traffic. They're still just you know, on average. Productive. They're working more hours um, too. statistically working more hours they're working because they're not spending hours of their life yeah. commuting. Uh, so they're probably more willing yep. to work that that time. Um, yep. And now, by the way, we don't have to pay for real estate 
utilities or any yep. of this other stuff in these big giant buildings, which, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to one of my kids the other day that if you think about it, these buildings that we build for offices, for companies, more than 50% of the time they oh, are yeah. empty, right? Saturday yeah. and Sunday, they're empty. They're only occupied basically yep. eight to five, uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. is more than 12 hours of the day. So much more than 50% of the time, they are empty. They're, we're building these basically like monoliths to, you well, know, praise something that, you know, like we're not even I, using listen, half the I time. Totally it's agree. crazy. So it's, it's unbelievable. It's, um, it's, it's, it's um, I've actually I often had that thought of even about like places of worship, you know, they get used like three day, three times a week for a couple of hours. And then they, they sit, they sit empty like 90% of the time. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think they're actually honestly yeah, even worse, right? And and they, maybe there needs to be a, a timeshare well, of places of worship. Some, some right? certainly like do just, that, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's super smart to do that because yeah, and when you're you sharing the cost, about right? That, and just, it is it's striking. It's it's just absolutely striking. So anyway, all right, so yeah. so th- yeah, th- thinking about like uh, use of, of real estate, it just it doesn't make sense, but. Maybe something that will get us there faster is uh, scientists developing a nasal spray that can disable coronavirus. Yes, this is kind of interesting. This was yeah, I, re- I, I, I read it and then I skimmed it when it started talking about amino acids and genomes. Like, I, like that's where I started to like, <laughs> I started to zone out at that point. I mean, the basic idea, it, it, as I understood it, was basically the, it it renders the virus inert. The virus is no longer able to take over cells because of whatever the spray is. If the virus can't take over cells. It can't replicate. If it can't replicate, it can't grow and it can't infect you. Right. So uh, that, I mean, yeah. So it's a, it's a nasal spray that can last up to 24 hours. And man, if they could figure this out, this is, I think a great gap between now and yeah. having a vaccine to be able to like, be like, okay, we can start. You should still yeah. wear a mask. Um, I was talking to my wife about this. I, like, even if they do this, like, I right. would still wear a mask. I would just spray in the morning, head out, still wear a mask. Why not? Why not? What's the right. harm at that point, right? But I think even going forward, like, look, if they can really figure out how to make this work, think about what this could do for other pandemics or other diseases oh, yeah, that come true. across, right? Like, if you have an outbreak of, like, I don't know. Ebola? M- something it's got to be yeah well yeah i think this would only apply to things that you get through the respiratory system right right. so ebola you don't uh that's that's, a different thing that's through fluids and stuff that that yeah it'd be great if you had a nasal spray for ebola (laughs) it'd be like and then then it's like okay did you take your coronavirus nasal spray yes i did did you take your ebola nasal spray yes i did did you take your (laughs) (laughs) you have to do like 14 (laughs) nasal sprays before you leave but i mean think about like what this could do like this could allow you to start doing air travel like a little bit more normally like you know everybody that shows up at the airport up you know lean forward let me spray your nose real quick listen i ain't letting tsa spray my nose are you kidding me i don't even want tsa touching my bags (laughs) i'm not spraying my nose i don't want them anywhere near my nose I, I I think it wouldn't be TSA spraying your nose. I don't think anybody of uh, any of us trust Man, TSA, TSA spraying too angry our nose to stick stuff. something be... up my nose. It might not come down. Like I... they're, they're a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of angry folks. <laughs> it's like a, a permanent nose probe at that point. Uh, I will I, I, I will say I will confess. I have met many a nice, kind TSA agent. So I will say that. Thank you, TSA agents, for what you do. But I still don't want you sticking stuff up my nose. That's all I'm saying. All right. So with that in mind, <laughs> Netflix picks France, France of all places, France, to test its first linear 
offer. I love how they call this a linear offering. Like, like it's like it's like fancy. Like, listen, this is a this is an old school TV channel. That's all it is. It's like going back in time and looking at NBC where you can't pause and fast forward. That's it's just a linear channel. It's a linear TV channel. I don't know. What do you think? So this is interesting to me because I don't know if you've seen this. Um, do you have you? Oh, yeah. You've got yeah. Netflix, right? Do you have multiple? Um, uh, oh yeah, accounts yeah. on Netflix. Like, okay. So I don't know if you've noticed it, and, and maybe we just have it. But when you go to that screen when you launch Netflix, now it's got an option underneath, like play something. Oh no, I'm seeing that. Uh, really? And so it'll rain. Is that the random? You're not thing? seeing that. Okay, because so is that the, okay, right? Yeah, it's the random thing. So it's it's on the screen where yeah. all the accounts are before you pick the account, right? So right under underneath it for every one of the accounts is a. Oh, I'm gonna look play that something. up. Okay, and it'll just play yeah. something right so to me this is it an is. extension yeah. of that of like, on. not just play something play yeah. something ongoing uh and just play something well, random, here's what's also right? interesting about this one it's only available in a web browser so they're not anticipating that people are going to use this on their on their box sets or on on roku it's only in the web browser so to me what they're really doing is this is a play for people watching shows at work yeah. Yeah. And what the reasoning there might be is what they don't want is like doctor's offices turning this on and having mm. like a kid account and then just saying yeah. play something where it just then keeps playing things and maybe somebody's watching, maybe nobody's right. watching. Right. But they don't want to keep streaming and paying for bandwidth if nobody's actually oh. watching. And so that might be the reasoning why they're not doing it on the, Could on be. the TV. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, I, I, I still I still like it's the interesting work, that you thought idea. of it as people at work, though, because I hadn't thought I, I about think that. they that's, recognize that's that people are working from home and that sometimes people want to, like, answer their mindless emails while having something on. I mean, so like I, I very rarely will do that. But there are times like typically like on a Friday afternoon or something where I'm just I'm just like, man, I got to turn something silly on while I'm like dealing with this junk. You know, wait a minute. We record this on a oh, Friday yeah, yeah. Hold, afternoon. Hold on a second there, Sanjay. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> was that was that Monica yeah, and yeah, Chandler were, making yeah, some kind of were, joke? Uh, that, it was the, it's the wedding episode where they get married. I think that's the one. Yeah. So. It's it's funny because uh, a lot of times I actually will tune on uh, TBS uh, while I'm working on Hulu. And I mean, why would it not friends. be Friends? Friends, so. is, friends is great. All yeah. right, so I know yeah. I, I'm curious to know what you think about this, considering your opinion and feelings around Sonos. But Sonos launches a paid lossless quality version of its radio service. So here's my thing, right? The idea is, so it's got, a, it's got, it, it launched a radio service, became the number four radio service on the whole streaming radio thing out of, I don't know how many. And now they're going to have a paid service and it's got quote lossless quality, meaning that it is a higher quality audio than what you would get from the normal service. I don't see why anyone would care. Like I don't like I don't listen to any other and this is the highest quality audio streaming there is, right? I don't listen to to Spotify and go, "Oh man, I really wish the audio quality was better." Like that's just not even on is is that on anybody's radar at all? So, let me ask you a question, Adam. Do you have any Sonos speakers? No. So, I think this is where your whole view of this okay. kind of falls down. So, I do yep. have Sonos speakers, but I am not a, and I have them because okay. they work well. 
I am not a super audiophile by any stretch right. of the imagination, I think. I mean, I'm, I am I do appreciate it, and I can hear a difference in audio quality with different, like, compression. Like, you can hear some of that stuff right. if you really pay attention. But I'm not paying thousands of dollars difference to do that. That said, I think a lot of people that buy Sonus equipment mm. do pay attention to very high-quality audio stuff. Now... With everything that Sonos has been doing about changing their privacy policies and following you and, and doing all that stuff, like, honestly, I don't think I knew that Sonos had a ad injected radio thing because we don't listen to that. Um, like, we've got a Sonos system attached to our, our TV mm -hmm. um, in our living room. Uh, so soundbar and, and then two rears and the whole thing. And sometimes I'll listen to music on there and sometimes we're watching TV. Um, it works Fantastically. I, I, I like it a lot, uh, but I am not signing up for Sonos Radio, and there's two reasons why. One, I don't know yeah, that I trust them. Fair enough. Um, with everything that's happened with their hardware, I don't know if I trust them. Number two, it sounds like you have to only listen to this on your Sonos speakers. So if I go into my car, I cannot listen to Sonos Ooh, Radio. Yeah, that'd be I, a big it drawback. It wasn't clear yeah. to me. Mm. So no, Spotify works really, really well. And they also do have a high bandwidth version where it's, uh, you know, better quality and you bet your dollar. Yeah. I've got that turned on, on my phone and on my desktop because, you know, yeah, I've okay. already paid for the bandwidth. I might as well get the highest quality right, audio enough. stuff. Fair right. Enough. Yeah. So I'm not their target yeah, market. That's I, really what you're trying to say here. Yeah, well, I, I think well, if you don't have any Sonos speakers, I don't think you are your, their target market because I don't think ah, you can get fine this. Fine point. Um, this this, That's this fine is point. not for you, right? So this is only for people that have already bought in. And and honestly, like their speakers are, yeah. are expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, like you can buy cheaper. Um, like Anchor, folks, which I love Anchor. And um, I will buy Anchor yeah. stuff all day long. Why would I ever buy Sonos when I can buy Anchor? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I mean... Uh, look, I, I think the Sonos um, experience is really well done. I yeah. think it works well. Um, and and the app is good. And, and like even from Spotify, you can stream directly mm. to your Sonos speakers. Like it is plugged in there so that you just pick the speaker. I don't even have to deal right. with the Sonos app. I just right. deal with the Spotify app. So I, I think those integrations right. are really well All done. Right. Um, and that's the reason why. But yeah. It's time for my favorite part of the show. It's weird and wacky time. Time for the Weird and Wacky segment. Abominable snowman. He's not an axe murderer. One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. I, I think this is only your favorite part of the show because of the story that we have this Oh time. my gosh. This Weird and Wacky story, I I saw it come across my email and I was like, oh yeah, I'm talking about that for sure. So the title <laughs> of this article is Best Facial Recognition Fail Ever. Sanjay, did you open up the article and see what the camera recognized as a face? I and did. Sanjay, what was the mouth in that recognized face? It was the wrong end <laughs> of a dog. <laughs> it was the wrong end of a dog with the dog's tail up and the <laughs> It was it was the not face end of the dog. <laughs> That was, I saw the photo and, and that had like a big red circle around what the computer had seen as the face. And it's just, and you can just see, it was just so bad. It was so bad. It cracked me up. So of course I had to tag it. So it's, it's the, uh, I'm looking at the article right now, uh, or the post on Reddit. It's the Neatmo indoor no. security system. Um, and so 
Yeah, I'm thinking their algorithm needs to That's be pretty bad a when, little bit when, better. I mean, because... when you recognize a dog's anus as a face. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like you're missing the mark there somewhere. <laughs> it could have been the mouth going, oh, you right. know, like in a, yeah. it's dark yeah. in your mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I man. Know. Sorry. So I, I just... Software doesn't always get I digress. it. So, I digress. you know. All right, Sanjay. Well, it's uh, it's time for Tech Rex. All right, Sanjay, what do you have for us for Tech Rec for today? I have got a uh, startup here in Atlanta uh, that recently, like last year, I think, went through mm-hmm. uh, Techstars. Uh, that I recently found, and I'm kind of digging what they do. Uh, it's called Max Rewards. So uh, I think we've talked about this before, about uh, using different credit yep. cards for different rewards and kind of optimizing all that stuff. And it's kind of hard really to is. keep track of all this. So that's exactly what? what Max Rewards does. So you go in there, you tell them what cards you have, and then it'll give you a list of all the categories, or you can even put in a store that you're about to buy something at, and it will tell you the best credit card to use to maximize your rewards oh, for amazing. that purchase. I love that. So that's one step of what they do. The other step that they do is that they will, if you give them logins to your accounts, they will actually log in. And a lot of these cards, I, I don't know if you've got an I American do. Express, yeah. if you've seen that on there before, they've got all those rewards that you can get, but you got to remember to go in there and activate each one for your card and then go use them. Well, most of the times I forget to activate or go look or, or whatever. They will actually log into your account and automatically activate every single reward that's possible for every one of your cards so that if you spend at any one of those places, you get that bonus reward as kind Mm. of a gift and not even knowing it. So it's pretty cool. Um, They've got a paid uh, uh, tier that I think they're coming up with. Um, but it's, uh, it's an app for Android and iOS. Uh, like I mentioned, they are an Atlanta startup as well. Uh, so check them out. They are maxrewards.co. Oh, that's well, I'm going to check that out for sure. What about you, Adam? I'm going to recommend FreshBooks. FreshBooks is basically pretty simple accounting software for small business. You know, I've got a little LLC that I run on the side. I've got a couple of consulting clients that I run through there and I can send them estimates. I can send invoices. I can track expenses. I can create recurring expenses. Um, I can track time in there and then bill against that time. It's a really nice interface. It's very simple and it's pretty inexpensive. So um, it's kind of great. I mean, it really just works. So if you need uh, some accounting for a business, FreshBooks is a good way to go. I've used FreshBooks too. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. You you know what I think they should really use is their kind of theme song is is So Fresh and So Clean by Outkast because, you know, also yeah, I mean, anytime you can use Outcast as a theme song, like that's a win, you know? So like, yeah. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. All right, Sanjay, uh, let's let's wrap up here again by promoting our other podcast for a second, right? So uh, you want to you yeah. give them the lowdown? Sure. Uh, Adam and I have launched a project called Together Letters, togetherletters.com. And we've got a podcast. You can go to togetherletters.com uh, to find it. I, I think don't think it's on that on page, but I'll add it to that page. I'll, I'll, I'll get it, it on not? there, yeah. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, basically, Together Letters is a way for you to keep in touch with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you want. You can create small groups and keep in touch. And if you want to understand how we're building this and the 
challenges and opportunities and um, wins that we're having. We talk about that's them right. all on the podcast. They're short podcasts. Yep. Less than 10 it. minutes or so, right? Um, so we keep it brief. It's uh, not long-winded like this podcast. And so uh, what you, you need should to know about the app mix. that we're building to Together Letters, it's kind of like social media updates via email. So people submit their updates. We compile them all together into a nice email and you're able to see what's going on with your friends that you actually care about versus the people on Facebook that you see their updates and don't want to see their updates. So this is a nice different version from that. And importantly, we don't ever publish it anywhere online. So yeah, you right. can be honest and not worry about it, it being be real because it's run by a security minded individual and a, and a student of a security minded individual. So we'll, you know, like an apprentice, we'll call it. I'm the Wait, apprentice, which obviously. Which you, 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 need to, you need to ask oh, that question? Oh, okay. All right, so listen, where can our <laughs> listeners find and connect with you? They can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or sanjaypark.com. Apprentice, you can find me find on you? my new website, Sanjay's Apprentice, because I'm awesome.com. Uh, no, that's not a real website. Don't go there. Uh, my website we is uh, adamjwalker.com. You can find me there, find links to all my stuff. And listen, I do have a newsletter that I send out once a week. I'm starting it back up. I'm sending out interesting articles all the time. Sometimes it's about tech. A lot of times it's about business or productivity or just honestly anything interesting that I happen to read across the internet. It's going to be in that newsletter. Go to adamjwalker.com, sign up and tell all your friends. I would love that. Thank you very much. So with that said, it's time for us to wrap up this show so we can record our Together Letters podcast next because it's about to happen. There you go. It's on. Like Donkey Kong. Dun, dun, dun.